Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. This morning I get to talk to Petra Nona McGovern, which is a huge thrill for me. I'm a big fan of hers. I loved Six Minutes. I loved The Good Teacher, but I just loved The Liars. She's an Australian thriller writer. Leanne Moriarty has called her one of her favourite Australian authors. This was just so clever, so well done. It had me guessing, had me on the edge of my seat from start to finish. Hey, hello. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, pleasure. Thank I love you. it. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. You're on the edge of your seat. So good. Nice. That's the perfect book, club book. <laughs> oh, that's so good to hear. Just so good. And you're doing oh. a fantastic tour. I saw yesterday that you were talking with Vanessa uh, McCausland yeah, at an event. Yeah. I've seen you at two festivals. Yeah. Last one next week. And you're, just, you're doing so much. Yes, but it's been great. I think the thing was when my second book, The Good Teacher, came out, it was in lockdown. So I said yes. this time around I said I'll do everything and go everywhere and which has been wonderful it's been so good to talk to readers and talk to book clubs and see people but yeah it's time to get back to writing the next book well absolutely especially <laughs> yes. because I've read all three of yours and now I'm eagerly <laughs> hanging <laughs> on the next way. Petronona McGovern uh, <laughs> well I better make it good then hadn't I <laughs> always good always good what's the next one about about family it's about mm. a brother and sister and oh. cold case and I just need to get back to writing properly and get that my head back so difficult having the interruption of the the promotion of the book that's out now then still trying to keep your head in the game yes well I haven't done any writing for two months so really so I need to you couldn't possibly have that dimension in the lie the cold case as well as the current one and just the discussion on how much things change and how much things stay the same oh yes all that but no spoilers no spoilers at all (laughs) how did you get the idea for the setting because I know that you grew up in Bathurst and then you went to Canberra you haven't had the small town community created in the liars i think growing up in bathurst it is even though it's not such a small town but it is a real community and my parents were doctors and so everyone knew them and there was a sense of a real interconnectedness i think and then i think that's where the community aspect in all my books comes from i mean even though i live in sydney now i'm in a suburban area where there's a it is a fairly small community a lot of people grow up here all the school kids know each other so i think i've got that sense even though I've lived in cities and yes. bigger towns. We said that. Like yeah. it's obviously, Kingston is a lot smaller than what Cronulla is, but we definitely have that generational friends and knowing exactly how everybody's grown up. Yeah, and, and certainly in, in Bathurst, there are these founding families, not founding families exactly, but when you look back to colonial times, there's the same families who own the large properties and who had the big working farms and they're still there. And mm. so I think that aspect's really interesting because mm. in Kitten Bay, I've got these five founding families so they get to tell the story of the town whereas it's sort of about the hidden histories that, that mm. won't, won't be heard so it's interesting that and, I, and it's not based on Bathurst in any way <laughs> I just that's just my, my experience but it is interesting that you do have these older families in a lot of towns who kind of I'll say own the town in inverted commas they they've got their history they've kind of got the power they've yes, got the land absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah but I felt I didn't want to give it a real name because I feel it could be anywhere in a 
Australia, yes. this town, really. Yes, we actually, in the Wandering Women book club that we just discussed the liars in, we all thought that we had been to the town. I think it could be any small town, tourist-dependent community along the south coast. Yeah, or the yeah. No- well, it's actually on the mid-north coast. And- yes, I know, that's what somebody <laughs> said as well. <laughs> I know. So, and I just did a, a sort of regional tour along the mid-north coast and every town I went to, everyone said, this is our town, isn't it? And I said, no, not really, but, but it could be. <laughs> it could be your town. So I like that idea that it could apply to any of those towns, uh, yes. any town. And certainly the history, the Indigenous massacre, I, I didn't want that to be a real one, but I did quite a lot of research on um, massacres. It's a sort of realistic based on historical events. That it, then I felt it could be anywhere, anywhere in Australia. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think everywhere in Australia has got that horrible history that we all just pretend didn't happen mm. and we all look away from. There's horrible massacres all the way through and in so many of our suburbs, it's a shameful past. Yeah. yeah. Which I think yeah, your book did a great job in highlighting without beating you over the head with it. Yeah. It just yeah. became and one it, more layer. And it's that thing where the Indigenous elder in the town, Auntie Bim, she's mm. saying, no, I've been trying to tell this story for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and no one's listening. And so it's about who gets to tell the story and who will listen to whose story, really. Yeah, yeah. that's well, so well said. Yes, absolutely. And so you mentioned then that the town is completely made up, but what about the characters? Because honestly, I know Rollo. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, and, and my agent when he first read it said, Oh, have you been to have you been to Lake Sentence and met my cousin? Because I'm sure my cousin is in your book. And I'm like, I don't even know where Lake Sentence is. <laughs> yes, a lot of people have said they uh, you know those characters. Yes. Um, so, no, they're all made up. They're all made up characters. Absolutely. I always think every character maybe has five percent or ten percent of me. And then I was thinking, oh Rollo's so chilled out and he doesn't have any of me. I'm not chilled out. I <laughs> I worry about everything. But then I thought, oh, but Rollo likes to keep the peace. He wants harmony. Yes. And I thought, oh, that's me. That's that. That's the part of me that Rollo is. He's And the way he also that he just feels like the luckiest, I think. That's such a nice trait that he's got. I think he loves his family. He loves his life. He loves his boat. It's, I, I love him. Yeah, that's nice. So Rollo's a whale-watching business. Yes. And I wanted to bring that aspect in because I wanted a town that's dependent on the tourists and sort of dependent on some development. But then he's got a whale-watching cruise boat that needs to keep the environment pristine. So this kind of balance between tourism and the environment and trying mm. to keep it protective for, for his business mm. but at the same time getting the tourists in. Yeah. yeah. I loved all of Taj's assignments that were scattered throughout the book as well. I learned so much about whales. <laughs> I know. Pe- people will learn more than they ever wanted to know about whales. <laughs> I had no idea that they were a way to combat climate change. That yes, was well, brand new information. That is quite new. I think they've only known that for about two years. But, wow. yeah, so that's fascinating. Yeah. But I, I was interested in, in how, well, it's sort of, you know, an, an analogy of human behaviour and Mm -hmm. behaviour and how mothers protect their young but then there's also the male whales fighting each other to mate with the female whale and you know we nearly wiped out the whales in in sort of in terms of human industrialization and progress oh no it was just also just a great foreshadowing as well and did you know that whale milk is as thick as toothpaste i learned lots (laughs) wow (laughs) that is incredible and also i had never even thought about how difficult it would be to break up 
their bodies. Oh, yes, what they do yes. when, when one dies yes. and doesn't sink down to the bottom of the ocean to create the nice ecosystem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. So, yeah, in the book there's a dead whale that's floating mm-hmm. and uh, I saw, I think I was researching a kind of coastal area and I saw this image of a dead whale on, on a newspaper article and I just was fascinated by it. And I think sometimes when you're thinking in pictures and scenes, you go, oh, wow, visually that's such an interesting image. Mm. And then, yeah, how do the characters deal with this problem? Mm. And, of course, of course, the dead whale's symbolic of everything else that's going on in the town. Yes, um, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I loved that everybody was lying and everybody had secrets. Well, I think it's yeah. such an incredible starting point for a thriller. Well, it's interesting. So originally my working title was Bleak Season and we've got the different seasons of tourist season and whale season and the beach party season for the teenagers. And then the publisher said, oh, that's it's too bleak, that title. And we came up with The Liars and I was doing a final read and I went, wow, every single person in this book is lying. Mm. Um, everyone in this town is lying about one thing or another and for different reasons, you know. Mm. It's perfect. <laughs> yes, I know. At the end of the book, I was reflecting on the title and, yeah, it had exactly the same, obviously. Just, yeah, everybody yeah. has something to hide. Everybody started off lying. Yeah. And, yeah. To hide or to protect or to yeah, stay in power. Yeah, for all for or, different yeah. reasons. All for, mm. yeah. I also loved how contemporary it was as well. No spoilers, but. So I was writing this during the pandemic and I think, you know, there was so much happening at a global level. I was thinking mm. how did, it's so overwhelming to look at these issues on a global level. So I wanted to look at how it affects a family, some of these mm. issues, and then more, and then a community, but a small community. I, I think that's the way we, you, you can think about these big issues is to look at how it affects one person, one family, one community, and see what's happening. What, what are the results of that issue on, on the family, for example? Yeah. It's mm, such a fantastic book. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. And I didn't quite mean to put so many issues in. They just kind of evolved from each other. The storyline was these teenage parties and the sort of toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. then also this hidden indigenous history that no one wants mm-hmm. to talk about but the other issues kind of were just interrelated and came mm-hmm. with the characters and the story and I got to the end and went oh that's a lot I didn't mean to put all that in there but but it just all came together that way oh um, but it comes together beautifully yeah. though but yeah I know I don't think I've ever had so many notes leading into <laughs> book club on themes <laughs> Thank you. and because Mary the mum is a journalist and her, the daughter is trying to do her own sort mm. of YouTube journalism and that was really interesting as well to talk about how the media talks about certain issues and, and again, whose story is heard and yes. who's, you know, whose history is allowed to be spoken about. Yeah, no, there's, there's so much going on in this novel. <laughs> but as well as that, it's also just a great read. It's, like, it's not until you finish the end of it and you read that, that side, I'm like, oh, thank God, that's over. <laughs> because I was on the edge of my seat and you start really thinking about just there's so much going on, but in the best way. It makes me think about so many different things like toxic masculinity in ways that I hadn't ever appreciated like if you're growing up with a group of boys and nobody moves away how difficult is that to escape and Rollo I know feels very lucky that he got out and that he found Mary and got to get married yeah. and have the business and he just feels really lucky it, it must be hard yeah and I, that's why I wanted to show that, that toxic masculinity obviously affects women and, and girls mm-hmm. but it does also affect it affects the boys in the town and affects the grown men now they still can't escape it and yes. some of them are still being bullied and they still can't be their own person they still can't yes. follow their talents and yeah. and yeah so that it affects all of society it doesn't just affect women it's not inverted commas a women's issue it's an issue for everybody yes absolutely it's a human being issue and I thought that yeah. highlighted it beautifully yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but those that sort of behavior it's 
So the original story idea came when my daughter turned 15 and said she wanted to go to a beach party. And I remembered those beach parties and went, oh gosh, now I'm the mum. What do I say here? And I really, at that point, thought things had changed. And that was, yeah, just at the beginning of 2020 before the whole Chanel Contos survey mm. came out about sexual assault at teenage yes. parties in Sydney's eastern suburbs and Brittany Higgins in Parliament and all these other things. And then we were marching for justice for women again. Mm-hmm. So my story idea did change that it became about parallels across these three different times in history with three different women in history. Mm, So well done. Thank you. I had planned to write them sort of separately, the historical sections, but then I didn't write them like that and ended up with Mary's diary from 1997. Mm. And partly that was because I found my own diary from when I was 15. (laughs) Yeah, it was so terrible. It was so bad and it was so boring. That was the funniest thing. It was just boring. So Mary's diaries are not boring, but I thought I'll get some inspiration from my diaries, but I did not because they were terrible. (laughs) And I thought I'd I'd die if my daughter read them because in the book, yes, Sienna finds her mum's diaries. Yeah, and Sienna thinks that they're boring as well and she keeps talking about food and the effects (laughs) on her skin and similar in that boring, boring. Yeah, and the sort of, you know, the detail of everyday life. Sliding, like I didn't talk about a hard ending. I didn't talk about (laughs) No, no, well, I think that's the thing when, and especially when we were teenagers, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have access to all this information that kids have nowadays. Mm. And that's why I love Sienna because she's such an impassioned, determined teenager and she wants to change the world and she's she's a real campaigner. And she gets things wrong because teenagers do get things wrong. But that sense of I love seeing her obnoxious self. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the belief from teenagers that parents obviously were never a teenager. Parents were always just, you know, old parents. That's it. They've got no idea what it's like to be a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought that the diary entries were fantastic. What a great way to interconnect. So well done. You know, this is quite a complex book to write and it was just such a relief when I got early reviews in and people like you saying how much you enjoyed it and how wonderful it was and, yeah, the complexities and the, the issues and that it's a page turner because that's, yes. that's what I want to read. I always want to read a page turner. So that's Yeah, I know. I never want to be hit over the head with issues, but I do really enjoy at the end of it sitting there and thinking, oh, yeah, that's right and hang on a second. And, yeah, The Liars for me was just oh, the perfect you. thriller. Yeah, yeah I think like, I don't like the two bloody, oh. don't like the two gory. Oh, no, no, I'm the same. Very I much I, like the I know, I don't like gory. But I like one that makes you think and I think, mm. that's, you know, so that's what I want to write, a thriller that mm. makes you think about people. Oh, the liars definitely did that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, so much to think about. It was wonderful. <laughs> right, okay, I will let you go. Thank you so much. Thank you for squeezing me in. Thank you so much for being so accommodating. Thanks so much for just dropping everything and chatting with me this morning. It was great. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I thought that was, that was so nice. It's <laughs> wonderful. All right, See, thanks bye. so much, Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there, and that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free, and I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.